Hello everyone, I'm Pastor Jack Wilson of the Piatas Baptist Church here in sunny downtown Piatas. And this is, you think, first off and foremost, I would like to wish you a very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. I guess I'll get to you before New Year. But I won't be here next Saturday, which is Christmas. Uh, I'm going to enjoy that with my family. Uh, and I know you will too. But today we will talk about Christmas, as is appropriate. Uh, let's start off with Christmas begins with a promise of a Redeemer. That, come on now, that's what it's all about. The promise of a Redeemer. The fulfillment of that prophecy. Yes, Jesus came to save us. In Job 19.25, it talks about this. Job said, For I know that my Redeemer liveth, and he shall stand at the latter day upon the earth. You see, we don't realize most of the time, but most of these ancients knew about the Redeemer. Uh, they maybe not called him Jesus and, you know, things like that, but they knew there was a Redeemer and he was on his way. And Job spoke of him, knowing him only as God the Redeemer and the one who would come in the latter day. And being that Jesus is God, uh, that was certainly appropriate. Isaiah also knew him. In Isaiah 44, 6, it says, Thus saith the Lord, the King of Israel, and his Redeemer, the Lord of hosts. Now see, he says it in two parts. The Lord the King of Israel, and His Redeemer, the Lord of hosts. I am the first and I am the last, and besides me there is none God. Uh, who said they were the first and the last? Jesus said that. I am the Alpha and the Omega. So who are we talking about? We're talking about the King of Israel and His Redeemer. And what will He do? He will come. He will come. It was foretold, and it will happen. Isaiah 59, 20. And the Redeemer shall come to Zion, and unto them that turn from transgression in Jacob, saith the Lord. Christ was a Redeemer even before he came as a babe. He fought for Israel. Remember all that in the Bible? It was Christ, the angel of the Lord, who fought for, angel, uh, for Israel and devoured his enemies. But the promise of his coming was not to win a battle, but to win the entire war. The war against the devil and his angels. The war against sin and eternal damnation. The war that will save all who would come to him. Isaiah 59, 20 says again, and the Redeemer shall come to Zion and unto them that turn from transgression in Jacob, saith the Lord. Those who repent will be saved. Rejoice! The plan of salvation is mind-boggling. Mind-boggling. Matthew one twenty-two. Now all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet saying, 
Behold, the virgin shall be with child, and shall bring forth the son, and shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God. Now, listen, you couldn't do that with any other baby. You call him Emmanuel. Wow. <coughs> That's blasphemy. But for God, it's not. God wanted to save us because, as most of you know, we were separated from him when Adam was expelled from the Garden of Eden. You see, most people, even Christians, think uh, we are separated from God because we're sinners. Okay? And we, we do. We sin because we are sinners. It's in our nature. But the reason why we're sinners goes all the way back to the Garden of Eden where uh, God threw Adam out and we were all in Adam as his DNA. You know what DNA is? That the little particles that put together human beings and every one of us was there. Every one of us was cursed and separated from God. But God had a plan and his plan included him becoming a baby with all the worldly functions of a baby susceptible to sickness and disease. Of course, I don't think he had any. For we, uh, Hebrews 4.15 says, For we have not a high priest, which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted, like as we are, yet without sin. Now think about that. Jesus was tempted the way we are. You're tempted to punch somebody in the nose? I'm sure Jesus was too. But he did not respond. Can you imagine? He was tempted just like us, but he, he never, ever sinned. But he knew what it was like to be us. Now let's go back. Imagine the God of all who became a baby and was born in a manger in Bethlehem. Yet there were no crowds of adorers. The angels and a few shepherds and wise men. Who knows how many? Yet you would think the greatest thing to ever happen on the face of the earth. Surely the Bible scholars were looking forward to their salvation, no? Yet 2,000 years later we celebrate Christmas. We should have called it Salvation Sunday because he is our salvation. Perhaps we could have called it Happy Birthday Jesus because even though it may not uh, be the exact day, we picked that day to celebrate his birth. Is it wrong to celebrate? How can it be? To show affection, happiness, and joy for God sending his Son unto us and giving us eternal life? How can it ever be wrong? As the Jews celebrated with laughter and wine and food and song and dancing and happiness led us also. We exchanged presents, and that is good. Just let us never forget 1 Peter 1.18. For as much as you know that you were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold from your vain conversation. Conversation here means life, from your vain life, received by tradition from your fathers. I just love Christmas time. I love the lights. I love the tree. I love the singing, the carols. And I love the praising of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. 
Isn't that how you feel? Look, don't ever leave Jesus Christ out of it. He is the reason for the season. At this very moment, uh, our church people are downstairs and they're preparing, or still preparing, they were doing it all last night, decorations and uh, food and getting ready because we're going to have our annual children's Christmas party. And normally, uh, as of a couple of years ago, we used to have 100 kids. But now, because of things being what they are, we, we have 50 kids. But this is a small building. And uh, 50 kids is a lot, believe me. And we'll have singing and games and, and Christmas gifts and plenty of food. And uh, it's a blessing to be around them. Our, our young people, our youth, uh, 17, 18, 19, they went uh, Christmas caroling these last few days. And they made money to pay for the Christmas party for their younger members of the church, for younger people in the church. Uh, you're not a member till you're 16. But uh, that's, that's the truth. And they were so unselfish about it that God wind up giving us donations from outside sources which covered uh, the Christmas party. We didn't even ask for it this year. And what happened was I told them, okay, buy a new two-burner stove. It's not like you think at home. It's a tabletop thing. Cost about 40 bucks. I said, you kids buy that as your donation to the church, and the rest is yours, and I'm, um, they're probably going to uh, plan a, uh, a trip to the beach, and uh, they'll have all the money they need for that. You know what? They made a lot of extra money this year. And you know what I think it was? I think it was people today are dying, are dying to hear the word of God. They have no other hope. They're being told that they're going to die from this COVID and they have to get a shot and then four booster shots and, uh, and, and who else, who knows what else. I mean, it's absolutely terrifying to some people. Me? I haven't gotten any shots. I don't plan on getting any shots. And uh, my church is safe. Two years, it's safe. I'll tell you a little story. You may not believe it, and I'm sure many, many Christians won't believe it. That's the shame about Christianity. They really don't understand God. And I'm not talking about uh, be healed in the name of Jesus. I don't believe in that stuff. Unless, of course, God told you, then you do it. But uh, God told me at the beginning of this pandemic, he said, no one in your church will be harmed. And I believe that. I believe that from the bottom of my heart. And guess what? No one from my church has been harmed. They've been all over the place. A couple of our people drove for a grab and delivery services and uh, uh, our people go all over to the Divisoria, which is a giant marketplace with a lot of people. And no one has ever been touched by this COVID. And that was the word of God and I believe it. And so we're going to have a, a great holiday here. And then we'll have a adult Christmas party. And uh, the adults go Christmas caroling and the proceeds from whatever they get from these generous givers 
uh, is always used for the Christmas party. So we finance that through our own doing. We try to finance whatever we can. We hate begging people for money. Uh, the trouble is, this is how missionaries and uh, mission churches are supported. All right? I'm not in a rich area. I'm in a very poor area. You know, in, in America, uh, you go to America to be a missionary among your own people, you find it that the people that you know are educated and have good jobs and they build you a church. But here, you can't get that. Over there, all the other churches will chip in and give you, and give you money, donations, so you can build your church. Over here, you're on your own. All right? So, the system is flawed, I'll tell you that. The system is very flawed. But let me tell you something else. This is the happiest I've been in 15 years. In 15 years. Now, I was very happy in my last church. I was there for about a year, and, and that was a joy. So let me say, this is the happiest I've been in 16 years. Being a servant of God here in Piatas, helping these children, loving them, hugging them, uh, kissing them goodbye at night when they leave, all that has been a, just a total joy to me. And so, in the same vein, I would ask you, go out and help somebody. Be a mentor to some child. Teach them in the way they should go so when they get older they will not depart from the truth. You can do it. And let me tell you something. The joy will be yours. We have teachers here that didn't want to teach, and when they finally did it, they were so joyful. We go door knocking with, with half a hundred people, and most of them didn't want to do it. They were all afraid, and after they got used to doing it, they were so joyful. Anytime you do something from God, for God, you are joyful, all right? and. You know, I like to say you really never do anything for God because whatever you do for God, you get back tenfold. Amen? God is good all the time. Have a Merry Christmas. I love you all. I pray that God will enrich and enhance your life, that you will know Him more than just what you get, but what you understand, what wisdom you take in your heart. I pray that you will get that wisdom in the name of Jesus. Amen. Now, if you want to talk to me, uh, you can email me at 7101 at USA.net. That's 7101 at USA.net. God bless and goodbye.